Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Avropolitan. Right, there are plenty of reasons to downsize to a smaller home. Perhaps the kids are grown and you've you've suddenly found yourself as an empty nest or maybe you're sick of maintaining a yard and paying expensive utility bills. Whatever the reason for downsizing, we know that moving to a less spacious home comes with a myriad of benefits. There can also be some cons, but, you know, your time and money and energy, very, very important. We've also had, um, you know, this time uh, suffering through COVID and struggling with low incomes, no incomes, retrenchment. Um, And sometimes we are forced to actually look at something smaller just to keep our finances afloat and make sure that we still managing and we still have a room, um, a roof rather, over our heads. Well, my guest this evening uh, is Nkuli Bogopa, MD of Investor Services at Brawl, also one of the Vice Presidents of the Black Business Council for Professionals. A very good evening to you, Nkuli. Good evening. How are you, Sumitra? And good evening to the listeners. I'm very well. Thanks so much for your time this evening. You know, we're looking at uh, we're looking at property and moving to something smaller. What are the first things that we need to look at before we actually make this decision? So I think you need to look at the emotional side of it mm-hmm. and make sure you you know you clear that. Uh, because half of the time when you do make that call, it's because of some really tough adjustments that one has had to make due to circumstances surrounding you in life. It could be loss of a relationship or death or, you know, children moving out or even financial strife, as you have put it that way. So I think uh, take your time, but not too long, you know, in terms of making that decision and that seeing the positive side of that decision making. And some of that positive side is obviously the, the lessened uh, financial burden, provided that you are going to make sure that you look at the right type of property, the right location, as well as, um, you know, getting in at the right price, you know, because you still, uh, with the change of a property from one to another, transfers duties and conveyance of costs are still going to be applicable. So you have to make sure you keep all of that in context. You also have to remember pets and things like not having a garden. Um, mm. So yeah, a myriad of things come to my mind, but um, it has to be very well thought out. Let's do. Let's explore that a little bit more. We're looking at the right time. I mean, there's so much of buzz in property right now because the interest rates are really low. It's also a really tough time. People are looking to, uh, you know, downsize for other reasons, as we, uh, you know, as we discuss financial strife. Mm-hmm. But is it the right time to list your property or sell it right now? I mean, is that this is the right time? Problem. You know that it is a buyer's market. So mm-hmm. on the on the side of you having to get rid of your current property you are probably not going to get the the best price uh, that you would have found in a normal market time, you know, whereas right now as a buyer's market, you will be in a better position to be able to buy something else that is smaller, but there will be a loss in terms of, depending also how long you've been in the property that you've been in, you know, there does come a point in time uh, after six or, or, or so years where you've built enough equity on your current bond, then or, or and you are able to move a little bit more seamlessly. But either way, the time that we find ourselves in is that it's a, it's a good time for the buyers because 
the interest rates are very favorable and you can find a number of developments where you can buy without transfer duties, but it is going to have to be a give and take situation because mm. whatever you are selling, you are going to have to lose out on some of those benefits. Yes. Uh, some of these things can take time. It doesn't just happen, you know, over a few weeks. It can take a few months. So should you sell first and then buy or buy first and then sell? I suppose it goes back to what you were saying. Think about it and, and, and think about what your circumstances are before you actually make that decision, right? I would definitely start looking. You're quite correct. I'd, I'd definitely start looking first just to see what is available out there. Where is it? What does it come at? You know, because the last thing you need is to find yourself having to 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 get rid of your current property, and then you are not, and then making a, a silly decision with the next property that you get into, mm. and finding that you actually don't save. Uh, as much as you thought you would have. So I would still, uh, you know, any investment in property is always long-term. So I'm never hasty with decisions like that. And I certainly don't advise anybody to make such a decision hastily. I think if you buy a property within weeks, um, uh, you you must be quite daring. I take a a good number of months looking at something and and just observing the area, the market, the security levels. There's so many things, the amenities uh, that you need to just make sure that it works for you for the long term uh, because you should never be making property decisions for the short term in any case. I think it also becomes really tricky when you only have one property. So if that is your sole property, that is your sole asset, you need to actually sell that first in order to get into the next property. And then there's also a time lapse there because it may take you longer to sell off the house completely. I mean, how how would that work in terms of financing, for instance? So selling off uh, in a buyer's market is certainly a big challenge because many buyers have got lots of options available to them. So that decision also, you know, with the help of an estate agent, you are able to make sure that you make your property more attractive to the buyer. So there are going to be some things that you might need to do. You know, people find when they come and view a property and it's so cluttered, they cannot see how they can live or fit themselves into it, you know. So there yeah. will be some of those adjustments that are not necessarily monetary, but one has to, to make them because what appeals to you is not necessarily what is appealing to, to someone else who is coming in and looking for something fresh in their own eyes, right? So yeah. those adjustments will have to be made. Uh, I would certainly sell, you know, if you have an agent, that's fine. But I've had to go through the process of selling without an agent. Uh, be that as it may, the, the market conditions were slightly different. But I think also people, I am finding that people are comfortable uh, interacting with yourself in your personal capacity and knowing that they can cut down on certain costs, right? So going the private property sales route, you know, where you are your own salesperson, where you are advertising your own property, mm-hmm. there's many avenues of doing that now, cutting costs in terms of the commission that is payable to the agents um, and, and making sure that you just 
look at, you know, there's so much available now on TV in terms of programs that show you how to make your property buyers ready, you know, and just get some of those tips and scale down and then move on to the next one. But when you do, uh, I think in the decision making, you have to contact your banker and let them know that this is what you are looking to do. So that you make sure that, because you still have to go through a credit profiling and mm. all of those uh, things, you know, just because you you are downscaling, uh, the bank doesn't exclude all of those processes that they have to still undergo. And by now, your your earning capacity has probably gone lesser. As you've mentioned, we've got retrenchment, we've got lesser salaries. So make sure you make contact with your bank and um, and motivate for them to actually make sure that they help you through that process of getting a new bond. It's uh, it's important as well to do the calculations. I mean, you know, I was listening to this young, smart estate agent uh, this afternoon talking about the costs and, you know, what you would need to be paying and the difference between transfer costs and transfer duties. How important is it? And do you often find that people actually miss this when they are um, either selling or purchasing a property? They are not doing a proper calculation. Do they understand all that goes with it? It's not just about buying the property at a set price. There are other fees and there are other things that add on that you would need to actually make available. You would need to have that money available. Yes, and be cognizant of those fees up front. So the estate agent's commission, when you are buying on the other side, uh, you need to make sure that you are aware of the transfer duties that would be applicable within that price range that you are buying at. You need to make sure that you are aware of the conveyance of fees. So there's quite a number of fees that you need to be cognizant of when you are getting into, let's say, perhaps a sectional title or something like that. There's mm-hmm. levies there that are payable. You know, you are used to maybe being in a standalone property where you are paying your own maintenance costs, and as uh, and when you are ready to do your maintenance, you would pay. But there is a monthly cost that you have to be uh, able to provide for. So granted that it gives you a lot more peace of mind, uh, and I think that is the upside of moving on to something smaller, perhaps a lock-up and go that is more contained uh, and is managed by someone else and it becomes someone else's hassle in terms of looking after the operations as well as the maintenance and repairs. But that also does come at a cost. You know, so I think the peace of mind that you get with someone else doing it on your behalf uh, also does a long way. So it is something that you can still look forward to with a with a very positive mindset. You know, because it does come with its own uh, pros. Okay, so now uh, just moving, stepping away from moving into a different house, we're also seeing. Um, you know, now after COVID, a lot of, you know, a lot of companies, uh, sent their staff home, um, set them up to work from home. And I know of quite a few companies that owned big space, um, are now deciding to let that go, um, to drop their lease and keep their staff working from home. There are other companies as well that are moving into smaller spaces, you know, to minimize their overheads, uh, their costs on rentals and electricity and all the rest um is this is also something that's really important your positioning if you're looking at a business and you're looking for office space you also can't just go anywhere um even though you know you are cutting your costs maybe in half 
Mm-hmm. That is obviously not good news to me in my in my everyday life uh, as a as an investor, someone who's looking after investor services. We are definitely seeing that a lot in terms of downsizing of companies and them taking up lesser space and signing up lesser lease agreements. What we are seeing is that. Uh, it becomes a tax deductibility on the part of the employees who are now working from home. And I don't, mm. I'm by no means a, a tax expert, uh, but there is definitely an opportunity there that I don't think we are all exploring adequately enough as we are all working from home. So I yeah. think that could be a show for another day that we need to look at. But companies are certainly picking up that if people could operate as optimally and productively as they did outside of the office, we could certainly do with less space. Although I might add that what we are also seeing, the other side of that coin, is with COVID comes the necessity for social distancing, you know? So in the event that companies do come back and bring their people back to the office, you actually do need more space. Either that or you have your people in terms of some working from home and just working on a rotational basis. And therefore, we have found that a number of companies have also just maintained their offices at the size that they are on the basis of social distancing and rotation that they will be putting in place. That is actually an interesting trend, uh, Nkuli, the, the one that you mentioned, the fact that, you know, we've changed the way we work. So now, you know, as opposed to actually moving to smaller spaces, you're actually looking for bigger spaces so you can spread people out and keep the safety aspect in check. Um, really, really important. But going back to uh, limiting our spaces, I mean, location again, really important. This is one that we need to understand even when we downs, uh, downsizing. I mean, at every stage, if you are investing in a property, it is important for you to understand where you're going, um, the location and whether that's still going to be a good investment. Where you buy is really important or where you live is really important. Yes, it is. Uh, because like I said, you know, space is a very emotive thing, whether we're talking mm-hmm. about office space, whether we're talking about your residential uh, space. So it, it determines your mood, your emotion, and otherwise. So you certainly want to be thinking carefully about where you are going and the amenities that will support the lifestyle that you're living, uh, considering if you have children, perhaps that are still young, where do they go to school? Because you don't want to inconvenience your entire ecosystem, you know? Mm. So you need to be thinking of that very uh, thoroughly and make sure that you will be able to, to maintain uh, that particular way of life in in that new area that you are moving into because you cannot uh, take a place that is 25 or 45 kilometers away from where your kids go to school and then you didn't really think about that. But, you know, because those dynamics come into affecting your everyday experience, your everyday lived experience just becomes negative and so you don't see it as a positive move and yet it could really be one. That's, uh, you know, that's really interesting. We need to actually sit down and make an entire list of, you know, why we're moving, what is it that we need, what what is important to us, uh, you know, do we have pets, do we have children, whatever yeah. it is, before we actually make that um, decision. What do you find, Nkuli, you know, working in, the, in this industry, what is the one thing that people often, um, you know, underestimate when they're making 
um, a big decision like this? Where where where's the boo boo when they <laughs> when they make when they're making the move? Sure, it's a tough one uh, because it's different things for different people. But I think uh, what what stands out perhaps is that that ecosystem that I spoke about. Yeah. You know, those little conveniences that make life all the more easier or comfortable. You know that uh, when when you don't think about it on a holistic point of view, that you you miss certain things, and those are the things that affect your everyday lived experience. So I can't think of one thing to say, uh, but maybe going back to the top where we started, it mm. is that financial decision making and keeping in mind all the costs that go with it, you know, to make sure that ultimately you do realize the saving. Because if if you don't realize the saving, then you've missed out completely. And I think for me as well, what one what might want to urge is to say in downsizing, um, you know, sometimes people then tend to rather say I will rent rather than own, you know, and that becomes a problem which catches up with you in the long run because then you find out yep. you think it was a temporary move uh, and mm-hmm. two years becomes five years because life happens in between. And when you look back, you've actually paid up someone else's bond and they've now got equity on their bond and you've been servicing rent, you know? So yeah. I, I would urge that even though one is looking at downscaling or downsizing, make it as a property ownership decision rather than a rental decision. Yeah, I suppose, you know, in in the long run, I mean, sometimes, especially if it's a it's a financial decision, if you need to downscale to cut costs, um, you could end up paying a lot more than you bargained for because, you know, you forgot one or two things, you know, when you were buying the property and you didn't realize that you needed you still needed this or you still needed that. Um, so it's so important to take time to make these decisions because these are big decisions. Nkuli, always so great to talk to you. Thanks so much for your time this evening. Nkuli Bogopa, MD of Investor Services at Brawl and a Vice President of the Black Business Council for Professionals. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.